Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, sponsored by Coordination and hosted on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. I am one half of your broadcast duo. My name is Greg Mahachko, joined as always by my good friend, fellow Husker fan, and longtime broadcast buddy, Mr. Brian Toll. Brian, as we record this, it's a Wednesday evening. Of course, you're hearing it Friday uh, or, or after that, but we just saw disappointment once again. Nebraska ball, they led by as much as uh, 12 points in the first half, lost by one to Ohio State, now have lost uh, uh, 10 of 11 to the Buckeyes uh, in basketball since uh, since the Big Red joined the Big Ten and uh, uh, just had every opportunity to win, but by gosh, you got to hit some free throws. Yeah, I mean... You're 11 to 20 at the free throw line. You lose by one. What's the? What do you take away from that? And it, and it wasn't just this game. I mean, obviously they had limited opportunities uh, in the game against Michigan. Uh, but if you hit free throws in the Iowa game, that went that you end up winning in double overtime. You don't go to overtime. And if you hit free throws against Northwestern, you beat Northwestern. Uh, common denominator. I mean, it, it seems like you know they, they shot very well, especially in the first half from the field. Uh, but couldn't. Couldn't catch a break at the line, and those are supposed to be the "quote unquote" easy ones. So, uh, I don't know. Does uh, Coach Miles does he just put something, uh, you know, in practice? Say you don't get to leave until you make fifty free throws or a hundred free I throws. Know. I mean, wh- you could, I mean, not, you not saying you don't get to leave. Like you know, nobody's locking the door. This isn't Coach Carter, um, but uh, uh, and they were locked out of the gym, by the way. Um, but it just you know. Th- on a good day, I can hit seven to ten. Yeah, well, some of these guys can probably hit ten to ten in practice, but it's you know, practice is one thing, game is another. You know, and I'm not trying to justify it. I mean, it's it sucks. I mean, there's a couple ways to look at it. Um, Ohio State had zero turnover. Ohio State had ten turnovers the first half, zero turnovers the second half, and um, I think something you have to realize is that you know. Points off turnover, you know. Points off turnovers. No, eleven. They had eleven turnovers, leading to ten Nebraska points in the first half. Zero for zero. Second half, you know that's a big deal. They had more points in the paint. Um, Nebraska did a little better in the bench, but second chance points were a big deal. They out rebounded Nebraska by eight. Um, you know, it, it, you want to say, hey, it, it's it's just the free throws. You can live with that, you know, but. Um, but let, let's 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 focus second, in second half box. You know, you know who the best the best player on the floor in the second half was Ty Webster. Nobody else had more than five points. Nebraska only had one, two, three, four, five people score in the second half. Glenn Watson had two points. That's a Glenn Watson was one of seven second half. He he did, big, he he did not have. I mean, 
he did not have the type of game we've grown accustomed from seeing. But but I, before we get off of the free throws, and, and I'm not trying to harp. Uh, and and like I said, I could on a good day make seven out of ten. But I, you know, not in a packed you know Pinnacle Bank Arena with you know a Big Ten competent. Anyway, um, but if if this team could hit some free throws. Theoretically, they they could be undefeated in Big Ten play. I mean, is that that that's not a stretch? That's fact. You no, know, yeah, I, I think I think another thing, you know, they miss they miss Ed Morrow. They miss Ed Morrow big time. You know, but remember, we're not allowed to make uh, excuses about that. I, I, well, you're not, but you still can miss him. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, obviously. obviously. I thought that uh, you know there were times with Jacobson and McVeigh, and of course uh, even Fuller off the off the bench. You know stepped up but you know that's two and a half three guys yeah, to, to replace in la- one in the last in the last ohio state bucket was just it, it's just bad luck i mean he glenn fall you know glenn falls ty switches ty switches the guy gets the open ty doesn't switch the other guys open i mean it's literally what would you what which knife do you want to be killed with you know the machete or the the Ginsu steak knife? Ooh. The good news is the Ginsu steak knife, after it kills you, it can cut through a uh, tin can and then cleanly cut it and slice a tomato. So probably go Ginsu. Sure. You got to remember a machete is more of a, a hacking. It, it, it's, it's less for murder and more for clearing brush in the Amazon, theoretically. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure. Just saying. Uh, Bowie knife probably be my go-to, or Bowie knife, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, I go Leatherman. I go Leatherman because you do a lot more. You need to pinch nose, pluck some stuff. You know, use a can opener in certain spots. You know, <laughs> tweezers. <laughs> get, get the Phillips screwdriver out and really show them a bad time. Okay, moving on. Um, so, Vicious. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Nebraska uh, drops this one, and that was tough. It, it they the crowd got out of it until Nebraska got back in it. You know, I mean, it, and when when Nebraska's up ten twelve, the crowd's red hot. Uh, but Nebraska got down three or four, and they went silent until it was a one point ball game again. I think you know, I've I've not been to a Nebraska ball game at the PBA or even at the Devaney. So I'm, I'm not trying to tell anybody else how to fan exactly. But I, I think, you know, in, in Big Ten competition, when may, maybe, I mean, th- this is a, not a bad Nebraska team, and they're competing with every team that they run, come against, you know, in conference play. So I think you just got to stay up. You can't let, you know, a three or four point deficit, you know, bum you out and, Sit on your hands. You got to. That, that's that's when they need you the most. Damn it! I want to say that. You know, and what's funny is it looked really dire at the under four timeout when Nebraska was down five and they looked flat. And you're like, man, how the hell are they going to get in this? Because you know, all they could do is shoot. You know, they had the bonus, but whatever. But they found a way. Um, Excuse me, um, but 
man, it's a gut punch. Man, it's a gut punch of a loss. Because mm-hmm. you had them. Your biggest lead was 12. You know. According yeah, to Kevin Kugler. First half. Yep. It was 12. Kevin Kugler's never lied to us. 30%. Yeah. He might have. You don't know. Not, not, not to me. Mark, I thought Mark Loving played pretty well for them. Oh, I yeah. really do. He had a nice game. Um, 15 and 11. I, I, I thought Thompson didn't play very well for them. The guy that fouled out. I mean, when you fall out, you tend to well, have a little bit of a breakdown, but, well, you know, of, think of about, mechanics think about or, or discipline, something. Think about, think about it this way, you know, with as much of a foul disparity Nebraska had against them in the first half, because remember, free throws-wise, it was 7 for 11 for Ohio State, and Nebraska only shot two and didn't, didn't make either one, but the fact that Nebraska led that half by eight, you know, it, it just – really ebb and flow type of thing for both teams really you know and and you know ken palm if you, if you go by the whole ken palm thing ken palm had nebraska winning by one percent the chance of winning was 53 percent. so it's not like this is a surprise i think i think the way it happened yeah you're gonna you kind of got punched a little bit but the way you know the actual result bothers you but the but, way the result got to you bothers you but the uh the uh forecast result this is what was going to happen you know Nebraska's favored by one they lost by one I mean that's a two-point swing you know let me ask you this um do you see any parallels some people who are listening might, might see this as a stretch especially since there's more of a sample size uh, you know obviously being a longer season but but what we've seen in conference play this year from Nebraska, does that at all remind you of last year's football team where we have just a bunch of heartbreaking close losses that could have been wins if one or two other things went our way? And then if you see those parallels, does that give you confidence for next year when this young team is a little bit older? I don't know if it gives you confidence next year because, you know, in – I say this because it's kind of like last year where Siobhan left, you know, and Andrew left. And I, I think what happens is this team unified a little faster because Andrew left and someone had to step in, which was Ty, but it couldn't just be Ty. So, you know, um, Glenn's been pretty good. Um, Ed's been really good, you know, when he's been in there. I think Jari, I think Jari Horn's played okay at times. Um, I think Evan Taylor's played a lot better the last five six games. I, I would I would agree. I definitely agree. In in, in uh, conference play, I think he's really stepped it up. I think Taylor Taylor's one of those guys. He likes to dribble to a spot, boom and go, um, and that's fine. You know, you, you've got he's putting the ball in the basket. I mean, if you want to criticize him for not shooting threes, that's fine. But Nebraska was Nebraska shot too many threes tonight again. They were five of twenty one. Um, Ohio State was six of eighteen. And they're not great from three, and you can say, "Oh, they got better." Well, six uh, eighteen, I think you'll take, you'll live with, you know. But uh, I think what happens is, you know, there's a couple kids that can help the new kid from Georgetown, the Copeland kid, and there's a couple other kids coming. But eventually, you need a second seven footer. You need a Jordy to develop a little bit, and Jordy tonight. You know, if Jordy was more refined, I think Jordy would have helped a lot more tonight, especially when Jacobs got his first two fouls. But 
It was Jacobson with the first two fouls. And Jordy, remember, Jacobson and Jordy both had four four fouls between the two of them before the first TV timeout. Now, Jacobson did pretty well. So I don't think he got another. Yeah, he did get one foul more foul the rest of the way. And uh, Jordy only got one more foul the rest of the way. But, you know, you put yourself behind the eight ball so hard with that. And Nebraska's had a hard time winning games as they have a hard time starting well in. Okay. It, it, that's what happened this year. But, you know, they got the lead and kind of in the back of the mind going, man, the lull's coming. The lull's, the lull's going to be here. And, go, maybe the, and then all of a sudden, you know, Ohio State comes and comes and comes and comes. Um, it was you know, a good and, and Nebraska State. answers, but they're on the short side of it tonight, you know. So you, you play a Rutgers team. I think it's Rutgers next game. Pretty sure it's Rutgers next game. Um, you know, <laughs> they're not very good. Um, you know, if you lose that, then it's you're, you've lost the last four, and then there's an issue. There, there's a systematic issue then all of a sudden. Um, we'll see. I mean – you know, we didn't think this team was better than – we didn't think this team was very good after they lost to Gardner-Webb, and then all of a sudden they came back on that little bit of a run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in, in the whole grand scheme of things, they're not that good, okay? It, they're a little just, bipolar, you know, as a team, you know, because you, you, you take the loss to Gardner-Webb and then you see how they started Big Ten play. Uh, you know, now they're 3-3 three and three in conference play. Um, and but they still started three and zero in conference play for the first time in forty one years. So I and, and like I said, the Northwestern, Michigan, and and the Ohio State games were all they were all winnable games. Um, so is there a team? It, it doesn't seem like anybody in the Big Ten is. You know, blowing is dominating. I mean, is that fair? I mean, we haven't seen Wisconsin yet, um, and they're always good. But we, I think, always feel like we we play them pretty well. We we've had our luck in the past against Michigan State. Um, you know, we've we've beat the Indianas, and and uh, um, you, you know, we've we've knocked off Iowa, which is always feels good no matter no matter what. But the, you're six games in, and you've got what twelve games left, something like that, in conference play or. You know, and just go out and go out and play every game like you went to Indiana and played there. You know, um, the, the, you're still if it was only that easy. God, it was only that easy. Well, I, I know, but I guess what I'm trying to say is is nobody's. I don't think any, anybody's really running away with it. I think Maryland's Maryland's got a, a pretty good record, uh, and you haven't seen them yet. But nobody's really running. Away, you you can set yourself up pretty well for the Big Ten tournament if you you know put, start stacking together some W's. Yeah, I I don't think Nebraska. You know, let's 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 get something out of the way. Let's just something out of the way. Nebraska never was a NCAA tournament team this year, okay? Because when they started three zero, they were playing balls out, okay. I mean, I, I understand. I, I understand they're playing balls out, quote unquote. Um, I don't know what changed between those first three games and and these recent games. 
and you, don't 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 say don't say the level. don't say the Ed Morrow injury. No, you play at less of a level. I mean, if you're playing your brains out, yeah, you can win all those games. But that's something where you know it's few and far between. You know, and if you don't think that Tim's building the team right, then yeah, maybe you fire Tim Miles and you get somebody else to take in the, over the, the talent and such. But I look, I say this. You get the same you know. situation, you know. It, if you get, you get. No, 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 no. It's not even that. It's not even a situation. It's oh. do you think Tim can build a team, this team up to where they are competitive for the for a NCAA tournament bid year in and year out? I That's do. That's your question. I, I well, do. If if you do, then you don't. Then you take tonight's loss. You say it sucks. Get a little bitchy about it, but then you realize that they'll play again Saturday in New Jersey, and if they win, it's a whole hell of a lot better than losing. You know, losing to Ohio State, winning to Rutgers, than losing to Rutgers, winning Ohio State because yeah, you had a little bit of momentum, and then all of a sudden it got canned and pooped on today. Okay, so and realize that at the ceiling, this team was probably a NIT team at best. Okay, at best. Um, and what's what, what's the culture? What's the culture like for Nebraska basketball? Do they think they're improving? Have they tuned out Tim Miles? Um, you know, the one thing um, I'll say about Miles that is bad is that he straight up freaking over coaches guys. Okay, he does. That's just what he does. But he has such a young team. I think he'd rather overcoach. Than under coach because what's going to happen if you under coach is you're not going to develop kids the way you want them to develop. Okay, um, you know the game. Yeah, it ended up where it sucked. Where there was a there was a bad play at the end of the game and cost Nebraska. The game was more than that tonight. You know, there's 39 minutes and 58 seconds of other stuff that happened, good and bad for both teams. Um, you know, I would almost I almost almost accept. Ohio State beating it because, you know, Thad Mata has had had something at Ohio State. He should be building, you know, because um, Ohio State has done something. In, you know, yeah, in, Ohio State in recent memory, you you remember them being on top. Yeah, and, and you know, as I've always said before, and I'll say it again: the first guy that the first guy that wins a NCAA tournament game in Nebraska. Gets a statue. Gets a statue outside of uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena. Theoretically, they should put a statue of Danny freaking knee out there, but that's just my opinion. You know? Um, so, realize that, you know, it, 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 does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. I'm not going to tell you it doesn't suck. But what I am going to say is that um, you can't have – you know, there's only so many players and so many coaches and such a schedule that's going to give you, you know, a magical mystery run. You know, there's a reason teams like the Gonzagas go well. There's a team. There's a reason like the St. Marys go well. You know, Gonzagas had has a better program than Nebraska does. Oh yeah, well and, yeah. Well yeah, well little big Big Ten school that makes fifty million a year profit versus. Little West Coast Conference School in Seattle that probably doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of money. I don't even know if they have a f- football team. I'm assuming they do. Gonzaga's in Spokane. Uh, 
In Washington, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, but so. you said Seattle. Close enough. Well, they're on opposite ends of the state. Well, I've actually been I've I've been past the Gonzaga Anyhow. campus. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Ah, I, I gotta get I gotta get my my words in, man. No, you don't because okay. you're gonna get it in anyway. Oh, fine. <laughs> you know, everybody in the listening knows I'm right. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's not like where. It's the football team where they had success and they want that back. It's kind of not really like the baseball team that's had success and wants it back to an extent. It's man, you do if you make the round of thirty-two in Lincoln, hero. They name they name the building after. I was you. gonna say yeah, they'll rename Pinnacle Bank after you or Pinnacle Bank oh. Arena. So. Now, how, uh, how would that th- theoretically? The stupid question. Since since we joked about it, would would the university have to buy the naming rights back off of Pinnacle Bank, or, or to to I you know we say jokingly if they you know if if you make it to the round of thirty two, uh you know Tim Miles or or you know like that's who I hope it is. But you know does since Pinnacle Bank Arena has you know Pinnacle Bank has the naming rights, does the university have to buy those? Rights back, or is it through the city of Lincoln? I think that's, or? I think that's the city thing. All right. Um, I always find it interesting, though, that it could be Tim Miles Court at Pinnacle Bank Arena. I, I, I think I always find it interesting that it's Pinnacle Bank Arena, but the first, but the sponsor of the court's first National Bank of Omaha. I thought that too, and, and you see it on, on, you know, obviously on on the court on TV. Uh, a little, a little conflicting. It's like it's like when I worked in radio, you never put two. Uh, you know, car dealer ads in the same break because it's it's you know conflict of interest. That's not that, that's how I always operated. Everybody else who who was a board op for me, they didn't care. But they're not professionals. They're assholes. They're all assholes. They're all assholes. All assholes. Anyway. Like in spaceballs, I'm surrounded by assholes. Keep firing assholes. <laughs> anyway, um. Close close the the conversation on Nebraska ball then. Sure. Okay. I mean, you listen to this tomorrow. That God, let's hope they win. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't, then maybe we'll start listening to the Fire Miles bandwagon tonight. You know? No, we don't. Yeah, they will. No. Somebody I, I, always I wants you fired. I know. Somebody always wants you fired. I know. Um, if you do, if you do, if you do sites like this long enough, you find that somebody always wants somebody fired. But it's never after because, a win. Because what happens is somebody always wants somebody fired. Somebody always just wants money thrown out there. <coughs> Excuse me, dry throat, guys. And uh, take your time, hydrate. But, some, but at the third, but in the third rate, you know. Nobody knows who take the job. Just throw money out there. Someone will take the job. That's the thing, too. I mean, how much money are you willing to throw for? And I, not to disparage the the basketball program, but how how much money do you throw there to get somebody to you know come coach a Nebraska basketball team that hasn't really had any marked success? I mean, do you throw twenty thousand or twenty thousand? Twenty, yeah. Let's throw twenty thousand. That's gonna get a. Oh, that's gonna get a real winner. Dollars. <laughs> you throw twenty million 
uh, at, at you know, like someone like Coach K, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, I, again, that's a ridiculous scenario. But you know, someone of that caliber would be like, you know what, you've had your success at Duke. Let's see how good of a coach you are. Can you can you win in Lincoln? You know that type of thing. I really don't think <laughs> Coach Shashevsky's coming to Lincoln, Slugger. No, I was I was that was purely. No, you, know, you know who the first guy you look at is Scott Frost. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Somebody was thinking it. I just said it. I'll open your mailbox. <laughs> oh, good times, good times. Honest to God, do you know who the first guy you think of is? Who? The du- Greg Marshall. The dude in Wichita State. I thought you were gonna say Tyron Lou. But no, I don't see why he's coming. I, I don't. I wouldn't. I don't see why he'd be coming from. Uh, you know the. You know at least currently defending. You know NBA champs. And you and you notice and you know somebody's thinking, oh, oh, Lee's right, oh, oh, he, he, he easy, easy Wait, slugger. If, if, this if is they a, put the if they put the banner up of Tehran and he looked it up, all he'd have to do is recruit and look up and say, my banner, you can be the next Dave Hoppin. So oh <laughs> yes, oh, oh yes. Right. I, I figure honestly, here, here's what I think would be more impressive to recruits if if Lou was the coach. Uh, here, look at my right hand in this big world championship ring that I have on here. I don't know, man. You got it. It's it's a different game, you know. Sure. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, how good of a how good of a, sorry. <coughs> I'm doing well tonight. How uh, how much of a teacher is he? You know. No. Yeah. I. I like. I was. You know. I was being stupid because it seems like in a in uh it seems like to me an nba guy would be more of a like a manager you know like a like an ego manager or sure. a, you know what I mean? sure yeah Whereas, what, what do you what, i mean if, if you think about it what what did he really have to teach lebron you know it's like it's lebron and and all so all all, res- all respect to lebron um He's no Michael Jordan, but he he he's he's a pretty good LeBron, um, you know. So, but but again, you you yeah, you're not you're not taking eighteen, nineteen year old kids and teaching them. You're taking twenty three and twenty four and up, you know, year old men and saying this is what I want you to do. And then if you have a big enough bank account in the NBA, then you can do that and win championships. Yeah, well. Anyhow. Anyhow. Um my god, my dog just ripped ass and I'm about to die. Um mm-hmm. but, I had to get that out because <laughs> that's why I knew it was gonna interrupt my talking. Um she's no lady. Uh she's a lady. <laughs> no she's whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's talk and I don't want to get Real specific. I mean, you you can if you want to. I don't want to get too personal. I mean, it, if you want to, because it's 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 your it's your baby. But I want to talk a little bit recruiting, just in the fact that, as we say, as we've said, you know, when it comes to seventeen, eighteen year old, you know, young men, is that nothing's guaranteed until they're on campus. And as we found out, a lot of. Uh, Nebraska targets 
who had committed elsewhere de- have since decommitted and were receiving some visits from some uh, red-clad individuals. Well, all the visits kind of started on um, Tuesday, Wednesday after the national championship. Wednesday after the national championship game, and uh, man, it's it, man, how how much better is life a week later? You know, yeah. Day after the Army All American game, everybody wants to, you know, slug each other and. Coach Riley can't recruit. Blah blah blah. What, what? Call you, call you a cheerleading bastard, and oh la 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 la. And now all of a sudden, you have one of the best wide receivers in America. You have a kid, a local kid that probably will look pretty well as a uh, um as an offensive tackle. Um, now that's and, the one uh, who had committed or, or had verbaled, I believe, to uh, Wyoming, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You said you said yeah, local. And, uh, I, I, I figured Lincoln. And, and word on the street says that he called Craig Bull, the head coach of Wyoming Sunday night, to say, "Hey, I'm going to go to Nebraska and everything." And and I haven't confirmed that, but this is just what I I heard because I'm cool like that. Um, where does Craig Bull just kind of said, well, okay, hung up on him and called it good. And, and you know what, that it, it, it speaks in my opinion, speaks of that young man's character that he didn't announce it on Twitter and, you know, or, you know, where his social network of choice and, and let, you know, the Wyoming staff see, he, he alerted them. And I don't know if that's common practice uh, you know, this is a unique case because he he's a Lincoln kid, and and uh, you know we we not to say that we follow Wyoming athletics, but you know there's there's that history there with Craig Bull, and but you know do does every kid who decommits from a school do they call the the coaching staff or the, their recruiter? And, no, 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 no. That's what I'm no. figuring. So it, it, it to me it he seems like he's a, he's a you know maybe a, a, a mature kid, you know, uh, who went about it the right way. Yeah. Um, you, you know, what's funny is, uh, I'd say 80% of kids don't do it that way. Um, uh, maybe that's a little high, but there's a lot of kids, especially, you know, especially with schools that have different, you know, new head coaches, new position coaches, everything. They don't feel the, uh, um, need or sh- reasoning to, and, and if you think about it, it's kind of a you can see the point because they were recruited by a guy, a, a position coach, recruited by a head coach. They knew what they're going to do, and all of a sudden, everything's changed for them. It's like a completely different school. And but you know, I think I think he did it the right way, and you know, I don't know if the bowl bowl thing was correct or not, and. I can't say it's not. Um, you know, somebody somebody wouldn't be lying on that. But I think what's what's interesting to see is, you know, Nebraska still has clout when it comes to schools like Wyoming, Iowa, Iowa State. Well, not so much Iowa, but you know, smaller schools like that. And Kansas. I don't think any. I don't remember anybody. Targeting Kansas and Nebraska this semester. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just I, don't, I can't think of an example. But 
what's excuse me, what's interesting is you know Wyoming was going to trying to build up schools, their classes off guys that Nebraska just forgot about. You know, great example C.J. Johnson last year, wide receiver that could have probably gotten a, an offer from Nebraska but didn't. And uh, oh, he's going to be a star, and yeah, he really wasn't that great this year. And kind of same thing with this kid this year, you know. That was not the excuse only. Me, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me. I was taking a drink. Um, and what's happening is schools are going after walk, you know, walk-on candidates for Nebraska, um, the North Dakota State, the South Dakotas, um, you know, and and they're pitch and it's a fair pitch saying hey do you want to be paying for your old school barely get on the 105 or anything or do you want to come here have your ride full you know you know we we play pretty well you know your your parents are going to see us play and such and such so um can nebraska do that to wyoming and minnesota and such i bet so but you know they haven't had the reason reason to the last couple years except for the uh and this is the second straight year that Nebraska's been popped on Wyoming to get a flip in the last couple, three weeks. So, not uh, He was not the only uh, player that Nebraska's been looking at who decommitted. Um, and some of these were, you know, players who, I don't want to say spurned. Engelhop was the kid name. That's right. That's right. I guess like, who the hell's the name of the kid? David Engelhop, when he committed last year, fair, fair, honest, honestly, he was a backup plan um, to Austin Allen not committing. Austin Allen going to uh, Iowa State, and you know people get pissed, you know, pissed off and stuff like that. Well, Austin Allen was a legacy to Ohio, uh, Iowa State. I mean, Iowa, Iowa State. Austin Allen's a legacy to Iowa State, so I'm not really going to get fault. Nebraska can't flip a legacy. Um, they were in a good, and the only reason they finished second was because dad's, you know, dad wanted him to go where he went to school. So we'll live with that. That's fine. So, recruiting <sighs> is fine, man. But like you said, what a difference a, a week makes. You know, last week we were talking about how a bunch of, you know, players kind of ignored us and, and went elsewhere. And now, even though they made decisions on nationally televised. You know, uh, programming that they're like, mm, give it more thought. You know, uh, and again, the, most of these kids. You know, if if you're at the Army All America game, you have been on somebody's radar since you were probably a sophomore. Safe to say, late sophomore year, yeah. Okay, because um, you're probably going, you're probably getting noticed by recruiting services, and you're going to start camping your junior year. Um, so, I mean, obviously, the the as time goes on, you get, you know, more attention, uh, more phone calls, texts, visits, you know, official visits on campuses, things like that. But it, it can still feel like it's a rushed decision because you've got, well, you know, we'll kind of put it in other terms. You've got, you know, 10 suitors all, you know, trying to, you know, show up, you know, ring your doorbell with a bunch of roses at one time and you got to pick one wearing hopefully a Nebraska hat you know I mean it's it, it, it but there's a lot of pressure I, and I, I certainly don't uh, pretend to know what these kids are, are 
you know, experiencing. Uh, but you know, I could see, and this is why I, I, this is why I take a more backseat approach to following recruiting. And I know it's important to you know know and who these kids are who are you know who we're targeting or who are coming on campus. But I, I take more of a wait and see approach because I, I you know, I, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. I do that enough in other aspects of life. Um, but you know, I just want to, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can see where, you know, some of these kids might feel, you know, like, Oh, I, I felt pressured to pick, you know, team a, but I've had a little bit more time to think about it. And, you know, I, you mean like Javier Cavan? Sure. Because I don't think anybody thinks that, you know, I like to know what happened on that stage. I think a lot of people like to know what happened on this stage on, uh, um, to, for him to pick, you know, did mom win? I, I bet we're going to bet mom win, you know. But um, I just, I just don't get it. You know, how, how do you? Because basically, the I mean, think about it. He picks Oregon State, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then literally the next, the next day, mom's saying, "Well, it's hearts in Nebraska and such like that." And it's like, <laughs> you know, worst case scenario, if you don't pick right there, no one's really going to fault you. Say, "Hey, I need to take more time." We get that. That's fine. Cool, but. Do do does the you network know? does the network or the Army All America Committee have you know a, a list of of kids ahead of time who are who they want to pick at that game or is it is it the kids who decide I'm picking at the All America game? Um, I mean, how, I don't know how that works. I didn't know if you had any insight. I think what happened, um, and and don't. This is not like a stone thing, so don't – I'm not 100% sure. But what I think is they, they look for X amount to to uh, to go like that, okay? And they would like so many X stars, so many Y you know, stars, and they cut it up to like two or three a, a period. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, if I remember right, Calvin was the first one and Darnay Holmes was – I can't remember if he was the last one or the next to last one. Um, I know Calvin was the first one, and I'm kind of thinking, well, it's either going to be really great right away or really bad right away, you know? But, 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 but I mean, what I guess what I'm saying is, regardless of who's picking or, or who, what school, do, how, how, what, what's that approach? How is it determined? Who is going to you know be televised when they do a, a hat selection? That, that, I guess that was my question. I, th- I think they kind of, I, I think they get a little influence to push towards it. Um, I don't know if it's a, if it's actual Army All American guys or NBC that does it, but I, I know they get a little bit of push towards it. Um, but I tend to think what happens is more kids, more kids will want it than they actually have time for. Because think about it, you're live. You know, everybody's watching. Right. You know, Opportunity you to really get your name out there to a national, yes. you know, audience. Yes. You know, in, you know, as far as Darnay goes, nobody, nobody knew who Darnay was picking. 
Nobody knew who Donnie was picking and, until and he pulled the hat. I was going to say, and, and, and he went UCLA, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he yeah. went to UCLA. It took yeah. it took me a minute to uh, uh, remember that. Um, I thought, I kind of thought, you know, a couple guys thought he was going to be a Husker. Um, I know Nate Klaus thought he was going to be a Husker. Um, I kind of thought at the end USC would win out just because, um, you know, USC's had this little bit of a, I don't know what you call Renaissance is probably the good word. They they you know, were they looked they, they had been they they'd been down for a couple of years, you know, after Pete Carroll th- uh left and such and and uh you know they they had to deal with the Lane Kiffin years. Um but yeah, they they're on an upswing. So I could see why why they would be attractive especially to, you know, uh, an area kid like that, you know? I mean, if you if you think about it, if you're in the greater Los Angeles area uh and you have well, I get you know Darnay Holmes. I, I can't say he's the exception, um, but if you have a choice between USC and UCLA, you know, play you either way. You're going and you're playing either at the Rose Bowl or the Coliseum. You know, so it's there's a ton of history there. Um, but you know, I think I think I also majority, think family's a big deal on that, though. You know, I, I really think family's a big big deal on that. Well, I'm not talking uh, about Darnay specifically. I'm just saying you know a, a, a kid from that area. Uh, offers from both, and let's say it's narrowed down between the two. Let's say for whatever reason there are no other teams. You know, obviously that would never happen. But you know, it, you've narrowed it down to USC or UCLA. I think mo- majority of the kids are going to pick USC. I, I don't know why. I just you know think that'd be the case. More it's, yeah, possible national I mean. national attention more recently. I mean, even if it's not all necessarily good. I mean, UCLA hasn't played for a national title in how long? UCLA was what four and eight this year. Was what something like that? UCLA didn't go to a bowl game this year. No, they were go well. Like, you know, Nebraska broke them in the bowl game, just like Nebraska broke Oregon in week three. So Nebraska is the Pac-12 crusher. Sure, we'll call it that. Why not? And um, yeah, I, you, you know. The one thing I'll say about recruiting, and it's, and it's two weeks as we record this. It's literally two weeks till I don't sleep. <laughs> you know, be up watching that fax machine early. I'll be up. Man, I'll, I'll be up before a lot of people. Um, but understand this: between the end of the dead period last year, okay which was the day after the National Championship game, which was like January 9th or something. Okay. To, to National Signing Day, which is approximately three weeks, three and a half weeks, right? There were over 200 decommitments. Oh, no, it's like 197. My buddy Kevin saw it. 197 decommitments among Power 5 schools. That's a lot. Okay. That's a lot. And, and what you have to understand is this. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of positional turnover. There's a lot of head coach turnover. And what happens is, you know, there's no really written rule that says, you know, oh, this guy's committed here. Don't touch him. This guy's committed here. Don't touch him. It's ollie ollie oxen free. It's fair game, love, and war, you know. I mean, Nebraska found that out with um, Tom Herman and uh, Reese Lido, the uh, 
the tight end recruit, you know? Yeah. Perfect. But guess what? Tom Herman comes in. I'm building something new. Why don't you come out? Okay. You know, but at goes. the same time, there's the Austin, the, the offensive um, tackle, I believe. Um, Brenda James, yeah. Yeah, for from Austin, who yeah. who said no thanks. And Well, you're going to get the guys like that, but you're going to get guys that are kind of looking. And there are guys who hold places. Okay. They hold um, commitments as placeholders. That's just the way it is. Um, perfect example, this cycle, the Juan Harris kid. Okay. Juan Harris, who's committed to Indiana right now, he committed and decommitted from Iowa four times. At least, uh, maybe not four, at least three times. Three times. That's a lot of uh, wishy washiness. <laughs> and, and, and he's not a badly ranked player. But I'm, you know, when I wrote pieces, I said, you need to stay the hell away from that, you know. And ironically, he sticks with Indy. He went, he committed to Indiana. He's stuck with Indiana now, but it's because his, you know, his defensive coordinator is going to be head coach. Yeah. Whereas uh, a guy like Raftel, Kurt Raftel, okay, um, <coughs> who Nebraska won it. And, they, and fair enough, they lost to Indiana too, okay. He sees Kevin Wilson get fired. He sees his position coach get fired. He sees the entire Indiana offensive part get gutted. He's going to go look around. You know, do you call him? Do you call him a jerk or anything like that because he decommitted? No. Nope. You know. Remember, Bo Pelini got fired, and the first thing that happened is the uh, Cherkovich kid from uh, IMG decommits that hour. Okay. Did he this ever? Did, did he end up at Youngstown? He ended up at Georgia, actually. Yeah, well, if I remember. It's a little bit bump up from Youngstown. Well, he actually committed to Ohio State, but I don't think he qualified at Ohio State, so he had to qualify at Georgia. He qualified and went to Georgia. So, on a uh, the point of, the point I'm getting to is decommitments happen, okay? And the heart, the quicker you you understand. And hang in there with a class that realized that, you know, yeah, do you wish every kid could just sign the dotted line right when they commit to your school? No and yes, because yes, if the kid that's really overrated wants to come. But no, if it's a kid that you've been working on, look at look at Tyjon Lindsay. You know? That's true. Fuck you little motherfucker. You know, all this fucking piece of shit. You don't know what commitment is. All of a sudden... In December, he comes to Nebraska. Oh, he's the greatest thing. Well, you know, come on, you know. And, and then, and then you have, um, and then you have the superstar of I don't, I don't take any of these kids seriously until they sign on the dotted line. Uh, why should I take him seriously? Well, okay, don't take him seriously. That's fine. That's your prerogative. I'm not gonna lie. And you hate, and you can hate recruiting, and that's fine, and that's your prerogative. But guess what? Recruiting is one of those things that uh, um, necessary. It's a violently <laughs> necessary evil. Uh, violently two, necessary two, evil. Two things, actually, three things. I, I, I'm going to stretch this out, and then we'll we'll uh, uh, wrap it up. Do you? Because you're you're an encyclopedia uh, of recruiting knowledge. So, do you just have every high school kid who's 
a three star or better just memorized? Clinically high with that statement, but go ahead. <laughs> that, that was my question. No, I don't. Okay, all right, because you, you you just pull these pull this info very readily. Um, number two, when you and, and two and three are joint, when you uh, made the the impersonation of. I don't take it seriously until they sign on the dotted line guy. Uh, you sounded an awful lot like Vince McMahon of uh, WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. And thirdly, uh, for anybody who watched uh, the Nebraska ball game towards the end or watched BTN uh, you know, with any regularity, after the game they were advertising the big show. And I wondered if you thought that that was gimmick infringement on the uh, WWE superstar known as the Big Show, and if WWE should, uh, you know, look to perhaps uh, do a little gimmick infringement. Just your take. Um, I don't. <laughs> nah. Why are you trying to put me on the spot? Um, I, I was just. It, I I was I was hoping to hear your you roll your eyes. That's like, you know, I was hoping you'd be like, damn it, Greg, why the hell did you bring up wrestling? You know, you, you know, and you can ask Greg, folks, if I say this a long time, I, I, there's a lot of times I look at people and say, don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> and, that's about- and that's about what? I should have said that right about then and there. Um, but recruiting, yes. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And then you're not going to, you know, we're not recording two weeks from today on Wednesday. We're not doing that. Are you going to need a nap? See, here's what happens with National Signing Day. It, it starts at about six o'clock in the morning, doesn't it? How late? No, that's late. Okay. It starts like five o'clock in the morning. I figured that even on the. Like, what's the earliest that a school can receive the the facts for the LOI? I like you know what. Let's look up the uh, let's look up the rules, shall we? Well, we don't need an answer right now. We can save that for next no, no, week. No, 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 no. Oh, we can cry out loud. No, um, no, no, no. Um, no, I guess but while while you look that up, I guess the better question is uh, how long into the night will. That fax machine be there's a you can you can start you can sign on February first, twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. but it has to be no later than April first, twenty seventeen. Okay, okay. Now, what's what's fun about that is this. Okay, um, you have to you have to uh, if I remember the rule right, it can't come in. You can't fax it to your school earlier than 8 a.m. your local time. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So 7 a.m. Nebraska can get all their, you know, um, East Coast um, recruits. Recruits. Now, come, here's, you know. here's, here's an oddball. I'm just going to throw an oddball out at you. What were What would be the rules, if you will? If and I'm not saying Nebraska specifically, but if any team was looking internationally, you know, like maybe they found some 
Well, a, a perfect example is, uh, and don't ask me to pronounce his name, but any Game of Thrones fans out there, the guy who plays the Mountain, who had an offer to go play for the Indianapolis Colts an offseason or two ago. You know, but if you're in Sweden or Norway or something like that, or, or, or you know, more realistically, if, if you're a kicker from Spain, <laughs> what, what, what are those types of rules? I mean, I, do, I think the rules stay the same, but I think what happens is the NCAA clearinghouse would kind of tap the brakes on it, mm-hmm. and you probably have to wait till you have full clearance. You don't, normally you get you get the ball rolling on that as soon as possibly can, sure. but uh, very few and far between on that. I think I think honestly the same rule states. So let's say it's. I mean, there, we there are more eight, more kids from Canada. Eight, if it's eight a.m. there, you know, I guess. Um, and it's a seven-hour time, seven-hour you know zone difference. Because I know, I know, Central Time Zone is uh, six hours back from uh, Greenwich uh, Mean Time or Median Time or you know GMT or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd have to. I'd actually have to research that. That doesn't sound right to me for some reason. Well, and again, I don't. I don't know how many. You know, I don't know how many schools are recruiting in Europe. You know, I don't know how many Europeans care about. American football, truth be told, that's why NFL Europe's not there anymore. Um, no. But anyway, just uh, that was a random oddball question. And uh, uh, for for my use, it's a good way to end this week's podcast with a with a question. Oh, we're ending it, okay? Unless you got more to say, I really don't, because I'm going to be writing every, every day between now and National Signing Day, and you're probably <laughs> going to get sick of me by then. And if I'm going to sound like this, then it's probably better I write because I'm talking is kind of dry. So stupid Texas winners. Well, you need a humidifier. You know, here's the problem with that. I do. No, no, no. I do. I do. I do. You're not. You're not wrong on that. But you know, and I don't know if this happens to your house or not too. But you know, where the heater is and all that such. You know, my bedroom's just a little colder. Mm-hmm. Yep. It faces the east. So if an east wind or a north wind comes around the corner, it hits it. So if it gets colder than that, and I have a cold, uh, and, I, and I have a like a cooler dehumidifier, a humidifier, mm-hmm. you know, it it just it just lingers over everything. Oh, everything sure. gets, gets just it just gets wet. Because we did that for my kid one time in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it just you walked in, everything was like half ass damp, and you're like, oh. You know, we, uh, we, if, if someone can explain this, uh, in home, uh, phenomenon to me in a comment, that'd be great. But I'm trying to figure out why, you know, like the, the heat is on, uh, Glenn Fry, it's on the street. Anyway, um, that song should be banned from here. That's it. You that's know why? It. Shut up, man. No, you know why? Why? If you're a USHL fan and some people are, they live in Lincoln. It's a song, it's the goal song for the Omaha Lancers. Oh, I didn't know that. And the Lancers suck. So. Oh, 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 oh. All right, moving on. Um, if if I've got my bedroom door closed and I have two heating vents in the bedroom and the heat comes on in at night, why it's always so damn cold in my bedroom when I wake up compared to the rest of the house? Somebody can answer that question in the comments. You will receive yeah. something. You know, it's funny is, um, you know, we sleep on a sleep number bed, right? I didn't know that, but okay. Well, 
it, we've had it for like nine years, and I actually really dig it. I really do dig it. Is it because worth it? Two, th- two things. One, you know, the whole adjustable thing is really cool. And you're kind of sleeping on an air mattress, but it's wide enough that fat asses like me can deal with it. But two, you know, since we kind of work different shifts, you know, my wife's a teacher. She's out of there at 6 a.m. and You don't feel her you know, I, I, sometimes. I, well, sometimes I get home and come to bed like 1, 2 a.m. She from doesn't work, feel you. Know. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it gets it gets weird to kind of, you know, we have the kind of different um, – we have different, you know, time frames, but also we have like different. We have different. We have two different blankets on the bed. Okay. Which, which I completely requested because she's a blanket hog, and yeah, that was two. So, you know, the thing is, though, when it gets cold, you know, it's it's an air mattress. You know, most of it's part of it's an air mattress, right? So when it gets cold, the air pressure goes down. Okay, I believe it. But when you first lay on a bed, it's cold air. You know, it's not. There's no heater. There's no bed heater that they've invented yet for a select number that I probably could, probably couldn't afford. Okay. So what I've done is, it seems really weird, but follow me here. I've taken an old um, comforter. They put it on the on the mattress. Mm-hmm. I'll lay there, and I, you know, it's kind of like the whole sleeping bag thing. You know. I could see that. We, actually, uh, one of the presents I got uh, my wife for Christmas was a heat, heated electric blanket. So that's been working well. In I'm our just not a fan of heated uh, electric blanket like that. I just don't know why. I don't know. Uh, it works. It works well because it's got two controllers, so I actually get heated yeah. blanket as well. And we can set it on different uh, different settings, and it's nice. It's, it's really brought us together uh, as a couple. Yeah, you know what? You know what Taco Bell's coming out with later this week? Uh, no, but uh, I know of a place in Cape Girardeau that has something called the Breakfast Club Burrito. You go first, I'll, and then I'll we're tell you about, about mine. We're talking about Taco Bell, sir. I know you first, and then I'll tell um, you mine. Coming out with a taco that has a chicken for a shell. Okay, I have heard of that, and yes, it does look good. Um, probably won't ever but have it, one. I'm a, is it kind of is it kind of meta though if they put like steak in there or beef? I don't know. You're like, man, what's the point? It's probably beef. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a chicken. I mean, it's already a chicken taco shell. It wouldn't be a chicken taco in a taco shell. They're already owned. They're owned by the company that does the, did the double down. Yeah. Oh, yep. I know. Um. So if you're ever in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, uh, you need to put in your in your Google Maps or, or whatever, a uh, place called Burritoville. They have just, uh, and, and I lived in Cape Girardeau, and I got you know, some friends who lived down there, and my buddy sent me a message. He said, dude, it, they just announced this thing called the Breakfast Club. And I said, all right. I said, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, a, a potato, egg, you know, sausage or bacon, uh, uh, maybe even steak, you know, as the meat, you know, maybe some cheese, uh, you know, First of all, I gotta tell you, at Burritoville, the burritos are the size of your forearm. That's no, that is not, not a lie. These things are massive, and they're worth every reasonable penny. Uh, but what it is instead, it's a burrito with uh, fried chicken tender, waffle, syrup, a little bit of cheese, and it looks like heaven. 
So shout out to Burritoville. They've always done me good. And they sell alcohol now. You can get a beer and a burrito the size of a small child. Not my small child, because my small child's pretty big. My small child's gotten a lot bigger, but when he was born, it was probably pretty comparable. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> and on that note, we better go. Uh, so, okay. Shout out to Burritoville and uh, to Taco Bell with the chicken taco shell. And ski. And a ski, but I, I've I've given up soda. Uh, I've switched primarily to coffee, water, and, and an occasional brewski. And, oh, that's uh, your fault. I know, yeah, but but I have lost eight pounds, so I'm I'm I, I, I'm glad you have. I still that's your fault. So I know I'm not saying that it's bad if you quit soda, but I can't do that right now. So I it's tough, especially being you know when I could use a ski. So anyway, uh, on that happy note, I've got dishes and laundry to do. So uh, for uh-huh. Brian, I brush my teeth. So yeah, yeah, yeah. get that Mountain Dew off you. No, Orange Crush, Orange Crush. Um, Never mind, I I know too much. Um, For Brian Toll, I'm Greg Mahochko, Five Heart Podcast, Coronation, Jittery Monkey, reminding you that Five Heart is all the heart you need. Go Big Red! This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. (laughs) 